Is it recording? recording. Is it seeing my audio? Yep. Okay. No, not yours, just Cole and I. Really? No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, welcome back to Salad, the AdWorks podcast, the only podcast where you don't have to get a face tattoo to work here, but you do have to be doing a thesis. Uh, I am joined here today with Cole, and we also have Howdy. a special guest, uh, Zach. How's it going? Now, some of you may know Zach from a previous season of Salad, a previous dish, an iteration, different bowl, same, uh, same ingredients. Um, but before we uh, get into Zach here, just some little show notes to kick things off. You may be wondering, where have you been? For the, the 20 to 30 of you who listen regularly, thank you. Uh, I was almost dead, almost had pneumonia, almost died. Hard to do a podcast when you can't breathe or talk. And also we had some cancellations with interviews, so we're back rolling now. I think this will likely be our last show for the time being. We may have some interviews pop up here and there mm-hmm. that are still in the air, but uh, figured it'd be fun to get the whole gang back together. So for those of you who don't know, Zach was previously uh, my co-host, and now he uh, he graduated, got a big boy job uh, <laughs> writing for uh, you know advertising agencies and doing work. So we're going to get into that. Um, Zach, do you want to just say hi? How does it feel to be back in this uh, little studio space? Back in the it's, studio. It's good, AKA honestly. My, my dining room. <laughs> yes. It's, it's really good to be back. Um, you know, people say they miss college after you leave, uh, and I never thought I would be that person, but I do a little bit. There's a lot of things that change, and there's a lot of things that I feel like um, I'm still connected to, especially like this, for instance, like things that I still have like a passion for that mm-hmm. were started at ASU, and I miss those things, and, yeah. and this room is one of those things, so being back here is, is a, a cool opportunity. Right. Well, we're happy to have you back. Um, I know, mm-hmm. speak for Cole and I, when we're like, hell yeah, let's get Zach back on this. Um, <laughs> that was our exact, exactly yeah, what we did, went. exactly how it went. Exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, the puns don't die, people. Puns I made, but the puns live. live. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, He's I want to... rather than later. <laughs> We're going to keep those up. Uh, we'll just uh, leave that for later. But um, digging into this uh, salad dish today, uh, I want to talk about this face tag. So, for those of you who don't know, which may be a lot of you, um, Rudolf Troncone is a aspiring art director um, looking to get into the advertising business. And um, as some of you may know, and as we know, uh, advertising internship applications are very competitive. Um, so you have to do a lot of things to get yourself uh, kind of noticed. You know, there's the classic example I remember hearing of, there was one person at Wyden and Kennedy who wanted to work there and they essentially put their resume into a wallet that had a faked ID of like a creative director that worked there and left it in the bathroom. And then someone found it, gave it to him, he saw the resume and they ended up getting hired. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's definitely something I've heard. <laughs> that's an urban legend. Zach, exactly. for example. <laughs> <Some> tell. <laughs> you, you, for example, had an attempt of seven as well, mm-hmm. right? Trying to, yeah. yeah. Do you want to share that too? Yeah, uh, we went and toured 72 and Sunny last year, a group of students from ASU, and I actually dropped off uh, a letter that I had designed some pieces of my work and a little bit of my resume cool. and, and kind of put it on like their bookshelf. Never heard back. I don't know if they ever found it because I was a little bit It may in, still so be there. Yeah. 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 There was addressed <laughs> to a certain creative director, so um, I'm hoping that it made it to them, but if it didn't, 
It, it could sometime See, in the future. What, what, if you're at 72 yeah. right now, yes. go and look for the letter. <laughs> it's in a like, bookshelf area. I don't remember yeah. exactly where I put it. I can't even remember. But it was See, it was cool. It was nerve-wracking to do it because we were on the tour. So there was like the tour guy. I know you it was broke right away. And, like, mm-hmm. and I was like, mm, and dropped it off and, and yeah. never heard about it again. So. Well, I like the idea that it's just still living there. And one of these days, you know, you will go there and you'll be working there and you'll find yes. it. And you'll be like... Little Johnny, this yes. is this was me. It's exactly what I'm hoping for. You. Or, or even better, maybe not better, but just alternately, maybe I'm famous or doing great work in mm-hmm. a different agency, something like that, you know. Yeah. And then finally, someone else finds it and they open it up and they're like, "Who's Zach?" And they look me up and I'm like, "Doing and this." Then and it's like, like oh, "Wow, it's a good thing <laughs> we found it, it now." Like ancient <laughs> at this point, it's still there. <laughs> I'm funny. clinging on to that. that yeah, sliver exactly. Of hope. Exactly. Here you go. And so, I mean, that's one move, right? And some people just get a face tattoo. So what this guy <laughs> exactly. did is, like, I don't know if it's real or not, but he essentially created a video where he's like, I want to work here so bad, I'm going to get a face tattoo of your logo. And so he got a face tattoo of the company's logo, and his whole thing was, you know, it'd be hard to work anywhere else with a face tattoo like this. So uh, apparently it did get him an interview. I think one of the hiring people at RJ tweeted out that... Uh, they were seriously considering him because, of course, it would be hard for him to work anywhere else, <laughs> um, obviously. Um, and, I, you know, I don't know if it's real or not, but uh, it is a very interesting move. And so we were kind of talking about this off mic, Zach, but I think Cole and I wanted to kick off by just hearing your thoughts on that first, mm-hmm. especially as someone who's, you know, went through that internship process and now has a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I might not like the execution that much. I don't know if I could ever bring myself to put a face tattoo uh of a of a brand or an agency. I mean, it does myself. brand you. I mean, no pun intended. <laughs> Literally, like it. <laughs> but uh, I admire the fact that he's he's willing to take the risk. I think that's a big part of the industry is that yeah. you have to you have to take these risks risks in order to uh, in order to get to where you want to be. And if it's going to get him there, and, and and if it does get him there in the end, like I admire him for doing it. I think it's incredibly brave. Um, again, like I said, I feel like it could have been executed better. I would never personally get a tattoo. I think there's other ways that you can do it um, that aren't quite as obnoxious that show your creativity a little bit more uh, especially for a creative position but I do really admire the the attempt and the hustle I guess I have to I have to tip my hat to him for that mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like it's almost a little bit they're they're pitying him at this point yeah. of like where else is he gonna work yeah. with this RGA tattoo <laughs> well and that's the thing is I feel like yeah. he was I think he knew but, that but know? yeah exactly but, but like if anything it's like we're all talking about it anyway like yeah. even if he didn't get hard, hired at RGA I mean maybe yeah, there's another place in the industry knows exactly we reported on it like it's one of those mm-hmm. things that it's gonna go around yeah and he's gonna be known forever wherever he is in the industry as and the guy that got an RGA tattoo exactly and mm-hmm. if nothing else he goes on one of those like celebrity uh, tattoo fix shows <laughs> and he has this huge story and he becomes a celebrity through that and then yeah. he's an influencer which in today's world that is almost as good as a job mm-hmm. maybe better um, now <laughs> I guess switching gears now how is life outside of school? What was it like going through that application process, ending up where you're at now? 
And also, I think Cole and I would like to hear about your new family member a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) He's referring to a dog. I didn't have a baby, don't worry. Uh, I got a golden doodle this past week. And his name's Finn, and he's probably the sweetest thing and one of the best things that's ever happened to me. And it's only been a week. He's at home right now, and I can't wait to get back to him, but he's he's honestly adorable. Yes, that's salary. Do separate (laughs) families from their dogs. (laughs) Only temporarily, though. We'll get you back soon. Don't worry. Oh, man. A lot has changed. Uh, I think the biggest difference is that when you're when you're getting up to graduation, everything is just go, 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 go. You know, you're stressed right. about trying to find where you're going to be at. Um, you're trying to fill out all these applications and everything. And, and we, we work in a fast-paced industry, but even being at work every day is not nearly as fast-paced as those last couple months of, months of college were. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest change for me is that it's, it's given me time to slow down, to focus on my work, to actually think about what I want to do, think about where I want to be, and really put some thought to all that stuff, where in the past it was a couple of options, but I just kind of, I couldn't think, I just had to act, you know? Mm -hmm. And I've really had the opportunity now to kind of sit back and and, and just enjoy what I'm doing, enjoy writing for a living, and and working on a creative team that I get to go to every day, that's awesome, you know? And that's something that I never really got to experience when I was just always trying to knock on doors and, and get in. And, and when you're on the other side, you really get to take a step back and, and work on the actual skills and craft as opposed to just work on getting noticed, which is really interesting. Yeah. And I'd imagine too, I mean, when you are trying to graduate and all that, you have internships and you can get skills through that and you can get skills through side hustles. But to a certain extent, you're trying to, you know, put lipstick on a pit bull in a sense and just say, hey, this is what I've got and this is the best mm-hmm. pitch I have for it. Yeah. <laughs> and then by the time, like, once you're actually working, you're then able to sit down and hone those skills. Yeah, so exactly. I feel like that helps development a ton Definitely, as well. definitely. And, and I'm in a really great place for, for development right now. My right. boss is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been so supportive of me. He's given me a lot of responsibility at just yeah. a young age so I'm really getting to oversee projects completely which is awesome as a junior nice. um, and for the record Zach mm-hmm. you are a, a copywriter yes. over at yes, yes. <laughs> so I'm a junior copywriter at Lavage an agency here in uh, Arizona but um, yeah so, so I've really had the opportunity to kind of grow Mm-hmm. Which and, and grow at my own pace, whereas right. before I was forced to grow until May when I graduated, you know, and, and that was that, and that yes. was the end. Yeah. Now I can uh, take a step back and work on some freelance work on the side mm-hmm. for for some brands around here, which I'm doing, which is a lot of fun. Nice, uh, nice. and you know, learning more of like the business side of things and getting yeah. those skills done on the side. Uh, I can can do some spec work. I'm actually working with Bob, who's my boss. He said he would help me out with a couple things, so I'm doing a bit of that stuff with him, and I'm really nice. getting to test, you know, mm-hmm. the waters and kind of see what I like, what I don't like, what my favorite things about being here are, what my favorite things about leaving would be. All of that is just, I now have the time to really process all of that, whereas before I didn't have as much time to process and it was a lot more about just going, Yeah, you know? That was Mm -hmm. a big takeaway from my summer in New York and you probably felt the same cool in LA. Mm -hmm. I mean, doing like a 40, definitely 40 plus hour work week, even still like you go home and once you're leaving the office or once you're done with work, it's kind of it and you get to just mm-hmm. kind of enjoy yourself relax turn off your brain you don't have to worry about doing homework studying for a class <laughs> finding a job because exactly. you already have a job exactly. that's the biggest thing right there and it's a lot easier to settle in I think um, you probably felt the same way Cole but I think mm-hmm. curious too so what is what is your favorite thing you've worked on so far what is it that is something that you're not enjoying as much as you thought you would what's the, what's the rundown there 
Uh, not enjoying as much as I thought I would. Clients. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to bash on them because RAEs do an amazing job of filtering the information and all of that stuff. But yeah. it, it does hurt to see some ideas that you think are really good get flushed down the toilet. Oh, absolutely. And there's no way around it. You know, you can't. Mm-hmm. There's, they're the boss. At the end of the day, it's their call what they want to run because it's their mm-hmm. business. And you have to be respectful of that. And you have to work with them as much as you can. Uh, and... It, uh, people when I was when I was first starting out people said like yeah you gotta get used to killing your babies that was uh, yeah, exactly. so that's like I guess yeah. the metaphor that people use is that you're killing your babies you come up with these great mm-hmm. ideas every day uh, and a lot of them never see light you yeah. know they never get made they never get produced they sit in a word document that ends up in a file that never gets looked at again most of the time yep. uh, and oh so coming it's to terms with server. that mm-hmm. is, is tough mm-hmm. but I think there's also a thrill in it because you get this sort of challenge to to walk the line between being creative and giving your best ideas but then also knowing what the client's going to say or, or right. taking their feedback and morphing what you created into something that's acceptable for their vision as well and and kind of building that is is really challenging and really cool mm-hmm. in terms of my favorite piece and my favorite brand that I'm working on right now um, believe it or not it's actually a uh, uh, a nail salon studio called Pros, mm. uh, mm-hmm. which is a new franchise of nail salons that are popping up all over the country. Okay, um, brand new company, but they've been so fun. the the uh, The guy that founded it used to work at Massage Envy. He was okay. the like CFO and then CEO of Massage Envy, and yeah. we helped them at the beginning when they first started. Uh-huh. Lavage handled a lot of that stuff. Uh, gotcha. So he left the company and started this a couple years ago, and they rehired us mm-hmm. um, to help them sort of launch. So we saw this plan from like the very beginning uh bob created the logo we developed everything about the entire brand um and and because of that we we kind of have an inside look on everything like we're going into meetings and we're talking about business strategy and how we can be implemented into that sort of stuff which is truly how i think the best work gets created Mm yeah uh and it's awesome that I have a client that does that. We'll go in and he'll talk to us about their financial reports and mm-hmm. say, here's where we're at. This is where we're struggling. We need to do something about this and so on and so forth. And he'll be like, what do you guys think? How can we yeah. tackle this mm-hmm. problem from a marketing standpoint? Or if you just have any suggestions, what are those suggestions? And we get to come in and just kind of create and come up with really fun ideas. Um, and so that's awesome. And that's something that I'm really getting to you know, flex those creative muscles with. Uh, I'm, I'm learning probably the most on that account. It's not the biggest account I'm on, but in yeah. terms of what I'm learning it's mm-hmm. it's it's far greater than all of the other ones just because I have so many different uh, inputs and so many different ways to to talk through what we're making mm-hmm. right I, I hear you talking a lot about like learning right now Zach and it, it seems like the environment in has really helped you with that and what do you think people need to do in order to get themselves in a place where they're learning from clients they're learning from their agency you know is it about finding that right fit or is it just kind of like yeah I'd yeah. say it's definitely about finding the right fit um, for me personally it was finding the right boss mm-hmm. and, and that's something that yeah. uh, you can't uh, I can't like overemphasize how awesome it is to have a boss that really values what I'm doing. Um, I was fully transparent with Bob, who is my boss. If I didn't say that already, I can't remember. Um, yeah, Bob the boss. Bob, Bob the boss. Bob, Bob. He's friends with Bob the builder. But oh he's yeah. Bob the boss. He's, he's his boss. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Bob's um, a family man. Oh man. <laughs> um, I was fully I was fully transparent with Bob when I first started when I first started out at Lavage because he knew that my goal was to get to LA, was to get sure. to New York, and it still is. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I told him that right when I started, I, I came into his office before I took the position. I said, look, I want to, I want to grow here. Uh, I, we have a good thing going and I, I really think this is a good fit for me. But long term, I do want to go to a bigger market. I do want to go to a bigger agency and that's still where my sights are set. Yeah. Uh, and he knew that going into it and he was that's awesome start about it. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And he told me when he sat down and offered me the, the position, he said, I want to help you. He said, that's why we're doing spec work together. He said, if you have any spec work you want to do, I'll personally help you get it produced. And, and he's yeah. a brilliant art director uh, and a, an amazing creative director. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I'll personally help out if you ever want to do anything. Mm-hmm. And, and we've been doing that. And I think for me personally, that's what it was. It was it was finding a place that was willing to accept the fact that I wanted to grow yeah. and, and had that in their mind. And I'm still obviously doing a bunch of stuff and and, and, and having those other experiences there like anyone else would. Uh, but that special connection I have with Bob is, is really what sets it apart. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I feel like, yeah, word to all agencies out there, foster foster growth yes. in your employees. And <laughs> show them a future. That's the exactly. other thing. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you need to be able to see mm-hmm. how yeah. you're going to use this as a stepping stone or how you're going to advance your career or whatever that is. And if you exactly. don't see that, the second I don't see that anymore, I don't really see why there would be anything for me there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the tricky thing is, I think, unfortunately, some agencies will forever just be places that you really enjoy at a more senior level and it's just a stepping stone as a junior but all the same I think how you treat the employees and what culture you foster there you can still have growth and you can still have opportunity even if maybe this isn't your final destination when you're a younger mm-hmm. person starting out yeah um, definitely. definitely yeah um, so I think next kind of hit we have for you um, what is something that you have seen in the news recently or running around creatively that you've been like, damn, that's good. You know what I mean? Like I could do that or yeah. Advertising wise. Yeah. It could be anything wise, but you know, what have, what have you seen that's kind of really fostered your creativity and been like, damn, I want to make something like that or damn, I think that's cool. Wow. You're putting me on the spot here. Um, I think most recently, probably this week, uh, the Halo Top ads that we saw that yeah. came out were awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those first times that you, I think <laughs> you see an ice cream brand that's specifically marketed for adults. That's obviously the twist, and that was the right. line that they put on the end of it was ice cream for adults because adults need a lot of ice cream, which is, is great. Do. And the jingle, mm-hmm. the jingle do, itself <laughs> is, is awesome. And, and I relate to that, you know, yeah. like, and I'm not even, I mean, I'm an adult, I guess. I'm 23. Does that count as an adult? I don't know. I don't know. I'm turning um, 22 and I feel old. <laughs> yeah. so. You know what I mean? But like, when I hear that, I still think like not really, I feel like I'm not really an adult yet, but I relate so well just because it's, the ads are are just, they're so funny. And it's funny because of the the twist is that these kids go up to this uh, ice cream truck who has a rather depressing employee that's that's serving them or actually not serving them. Imagine it's an Mm -hmm. office max at noon on a Thursday. (laughs) So these kids go up and ask for ice cream and the guy, the guy, uh, who's running the truck won't serve the kids. He's only serving adults. Uh, and all of the adults are, you know, depressed. They're talking about <laughs> things like love and how uh, true love doesn't exist or, or how they're having a bad decade because they can't meet anyone online because they're not photogenic. I think they talk about... Uh, one, of, one of my favorite lines in there is he was like, like a kid asks what a mortgage is, I think. And he yes. says, it's like it's like waterboarding, but you do it to yourself. <laughs> yes. It's just like, yes. oh my gosh. And it's just, it's just depressing stuff like that where it's just, it's so truthful 
truthful to any adult that's watching, yeah. uh, you're going to relate to these things that they're talking about because you've you've seen this stuff or you've been through this stuff. Uh, and just the the juxtaposition between these young, bright-eyed kids that are coming up to this thing and that, yeah. are, are, it's so funny. It's just, it's great. I really loved them. Yeah, no, that's a good choice. And I think it does capture it very well. I mean, for me, when I first tried it, actually just a couple months ago, I feel like I was that bright-eyed kid. And then I was like, oh... It's not quite, I read on the, it says on the packaging, you might wonder why it's hard to eat when you first take it out. That's because there's no preservatives. You're just yes. going to have to wait a couple minutes. I'm like, okay, so I have to yeah. wait to eat this. And I bite into it. It's not quite the same. Yes. But then I also feel like I'm doing really good because it's like, oh, it's got a ton of protein, mm-hmm. not a lot of carbs, and I'm having ice cream. Look at me making smart yeah, health choices. I, I got to mm-hmm. give them credit because yeah, it as, does a good job. as far as desserts go that are supposed to be healthy desserts yeah. that are mm-hmm. marketed as healthy desserts, I think Halo Top is the best. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, That's a good way of doing it too. It's not regular ice cream. We can yeah. get that off the table. Yeah, I will 100% admit, but for what it is, <laughs> yep. it's a really great uh, alternative. And and I love it. I eat it probably more often than I should, and it's it's good for you. If yeah. that tells you anything about how much ice cream I eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's great, and yeah. I think they, they absolutely nailed it with the, the line ice cream for adults because I think that's exactly the space they need to be playing in. Uh, that's exactly the, the audience that they need to be talking to. Right. And, and doing it in this comedic, fun way with the juxtaposition of the kids was great. Yeah. Go to Halo Top Flavor. What is it? Halo. Uh, the, uh, I, for, I don't know if it's called birthday cake or yeah. just birthday. It's the, whatever the birthday, birthday one is, is That's so fine. good. Oh, That's my favorite. Yeah, what are we going to try it? Yeah, yeah, that one's really good. Uh, the mint chip oh, one's pretty good. We're not good sponsored, too. but I mean, yeah. 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 I, I got to go with that mint, the mint chip. chip. I'm a mint guy. What can too, I say? Yeah. I think the birthday cake one is, is good. And the vanilla one is actually yeah. pretty good, too. So I went, I think they might still be in my freezer. I tried birthday cake and I was like, holy shit. So then I went and bought about five other flavors, only to realize I didn't like any of them nearly as much. The rainbow swirl was a disappointment. I think someone was like vegetables in it or something wow. to get the coloring, and I was like, oh, that could be wrong. But yeah, so that was a little oh, bit of a hit. Um, well, yeah, I mean, and I think it's interesting too. We see a lot of stuff at South by Southwest that's going on right now too. I think experiential stuff is really what's happening right now. Obviously, Giant Spoon is doing stuff like mm-hmm. we saw the Game of Thrones uh, Bleed for the Throne activation awesome. they did, which for those of you mm-hmm. who don't know, I just want to call that out. Essentially, and it had a nice cause attached to it too. Essentially, you had to um, give blood, and then once you give blood, you're able to go into this activation and like essentially really interact with a bunch of different Game of Thrones like uh, props and you know characters and stuff. I don't mm-hmm. think it was the same as like their Westworld activation that was no. very immersive. But yeah, it was. It wasn't quite to that level, but I, I really like to tie in the whole thing that um, if anyone if anyone who's watched Game of Thrones knows like there's a lot of blood there's, there's a, lot a lot of blood, blood. there's a lot of death and so it's funny there's to also see a lot of hope people actually giving <laughs> blood exactly yeah. for all those yeah. for all those people that need it yep mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uplifting that was <laughs> I, I, I'm not certain, but I, I believe I heard that they're also going to run this in other cities after okay. uh, so cool. after it leaves South by Southwest, and yeah, that's nice. something that's so awesome to me mm-hmm. because yeah. obviously when it comes to blood drives, like every once in a while, you know, people will go, but this is going to drive so many more people to give blood than anything else would mm-hmm. just because of the tie-in with the show, 100%. and like you've spoken, both of you have spoken about, uh, it's a perfect tie-in to the mm-hmm. show yeah. uh, because of how much blood is spilled in the show. So mm-hmm. I really. 
am I admire both the Giant Spoon and HBO and Game of Thrones for you know putting this thing together because it's it's one of those first times and one of those special times that we see something as awesome as Game of Thrones and pop culture being used for something good. Exactly. Yeah. And I, one other thing too that they were actually saying is that because of all these Midwest storms that they've been having, the snowstorms, there's actually a uh, what is it? A scarcity. Yes. Blood yeah. Yeah. In a lot, in a lot of like part of the countries. Time. Yeah. Because they That's weren't cool. able to deliver it, or people yeah. weren't coming out to blood drives like they normally would. So it's be a good way to bring yeah. those people back in. There you go. And it's fun. And they'll watch Game of Thrones in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'm so excited for the new season. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be amazing. Um, then another thing that's interesting, too, I think we saw it. Actually, really, I started seeing it with NBA All-Star Weekend. We've seen it a lot of South by Southwest, too. I don't know if you guys have picked up on it. Snapchat has been, like, flexing its muscles recently. Um you know, normally everyone can put the dog ears on themselves. Everyone can do that really kind of poorly rigged, you know, facial game um, that you send to your friends. But they've been testing like, uh, like shopping features with Snapchat and also like more extreme interactive. So like Snapchat and Nike and Jordan brand partnered at like the All-Star Weekend. And tell me if you've heard this, but essentially they, they allowed users to go up to this giant touchscreen wall and create their own custom augmented reality filter where they were a player with their own special quote and they could send that to their friends and then save it to like have it. And then you could also like test out what the shoes looked like and all this. And now I saw too, there's testing going on South by Southwest where you can literally, I think it was with Lush is who they partnered with this time. And you could put your little camera over it, scan it, and um, it would essentially 3D scan it and then it would recognize, okay, this is what it is, this is the description, this is how much it costs, and then you can move it around and look at it. And their Lush's whole angle is, this allows us to be a completely plastic-free store because we don't need tags or packaging or anything nice. like that. That's I thought cool. that that was really interesting, too, to see um, you know, brands testing things like that, too. I mean, Snapchat, I feel like, has been struggling as of late, but mm-hmm. I think maybe if it can move from this just gimmicky kind of platform to really mm-hmm. actionable stuff like that, I'm curious. Exactly, and the whole thing with Snapchat is people always say, oh, Snapchat's dying, and I mean, it is less relevant. It's not on the cutting edge as it was anymore, you know? People aren't flocking to the platform, but there's still... I believe there's over 120 million people that still use it. And I don't know, anyone, any high schooler that I've talked to in the past three years has a Snapchat, and that is one of their most used social media sources. Exactly. Yeah, so it's cool to see them doing stuff to actually build the brand and build the platform now as well. Yeah, and it's a shame just because... Facebook keeps stealing everything they come up with, and that's yeah. honestly the reason for a lot of their struggle. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Because Facebook comes around and like, oh, thanks for coming up with this cool idea. We're gonna take it. Stories. Uh, stories. Exactly. And, and, and other stories, stories are doing amazing. Facebook stories I heard were even starting to pick up a little bit, which yeah. is which is crazy. But it's nice o- to see along the older population. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The ones that aren't on Instagram. <laughs> but it's nice to see that Snapchat is still doing what they can and and really pushing into that augmented reality space, especially because I think that's gonna blow up soon. Uh, even more so than it already has once we can get yeah. the technology to where it needs to be to really make these experiences as seamless as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's the thing, too. I mean, Zach, you were there with me, too. So Zach and I went to L.A. last spring, as he had talked about. Um, one of the places we went to is Canvas Worldwide, which is a media company, and we got to meet with a Snapchat exec there, and she kind of put us through her pitch. And one of the big things Snapchat was pushing, and still is, I'm sure, is really being that one-stop like place for your phone like they want the camera to be the central hub of all of your interactions with your phone 
And so if you think about it, if you can communicate with your camera, if you can shop with your camera, if you can learn with your camera, you can search things with your camera, I think that's really where Snapchat's push is going. Yes, exactly. Definitely. And just another iteration, another spinoff of what you're talking about. I also saw a few weeks ago, uh, Snapchat partnered with Lego and they made a complete uh, augmented reality store, which was really cool. I saw that. Uh, You walked into the the room and all that was there was a Snapchat QR code. It was like white walls. (laughs) There was nothing in this place at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But once you scanned the QR code and got into the experience, there was like a DJ booth. That's awesome. uh, You know, mannequins, Mm -hmm. Lego mannequins. Everything was made out of Lego. Lego mannequins wearing the merchandise that you could then purchase mm-hmm. uh, I believe there was like a little like snack bar that they had set up as well so there are all these different things that they really uh, integrated into this experience and it was completely augmented reality the, awesome. the actual room itself was just white walls with a QR code but just another way that they're really trying to to figure out how they can move forward and really get these experiences everywhere, yeah. you know, and, and, and kind of reassert themselves in the marketplace and, and, and get their footing in the AR space, yeah. especially. That's my big question. I mean, Cole, you and I talked with John Rich over at mm-hmm. you know, Future X Labs, and he talked about how Apple glasses and all these other augmented reality mm-hmm. glasses are, are kind of on the horizon coming up soon. I think that is really when augmented reality can take yeah. off. Mm-hmm. My question is, what happens to devices like Snapchat that are mm-hmm. phone-based and how they integrate with yeah. another peripheral kind of, you know, thing that you have on your face instead of your phone? <laughs> exactly. That's going to be interesting to see. With mm-hmm. What happens to the selfie? That was the thing I was just thinking about, all the stuff we're talking about. Well, that's Think when you go to the selfies? mirror selfie, and then <laughs> Bob at Halo Top, who can't swipe because he's not photogenic, can then do the mirror <laughs> selfies, and it's fun. <laughs> I guess so, but you're going to be wearing glasses. I guess, I guess this. <laughs> that's all right for, for those listening. I am wearing glasses. <laughs> Trent, you won't have any problems. Yeah, no, it's fine. No, it always reminds me of like Cookie from Ned's Declassified. If any of you watched that, did neither of you watch that? No, no, I, I watched I a did. few episodes. Yeah, yeah he had his little glasses with the little white paper thing on it, and you just click it, and he'd have, like, oh, oh yeah, when you go it. and like ha- hack into the whatever, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah hacking that. into the. The, the matrix the school mainframe <laughs> yeah <laughs> the mainframe yeah oh my gosh um yeah well so zach i mean obviously you've seen what's going on and you've been writing you know and working in the for about a year now mm-hmm. um i'm curious too you know you talked about side hustles i mean cole and i obviously this is a side hustle this was your side hustle with me this is cole has joined the fray and it's a side hustle that we're working on and we obviously have different things you know cole's passionate about video and i try and do photography and we try and keep a lot of this stuff going but it can be hard once you start working i'm curious mm-hmm. have you developed any side hustles have you been working on anything that you want to share that you're excited about yeah uh, actually i am in addition to the freelance work i'm doing in my full-time job i know it's starting to sound like a lot and sometimes i have to pull it back uh, i also started uh an email newsletter uh-huh. uh, about topics and advertising okay it actually the funniest part is it kind of was where this podcast came from originally my thought process was to turn that newsletter into a weekly podcast yeah times are changing podcasts are a lot more popular than emails are mm-hmm. uh and so i wanted to take that information which i thought was valuable and use it and, and turn it into a different you know right. media outlet um, but this this newsletter I started 
it first started actually as an intern project in New York. Okay. My first month at uh, Wonder Sauce, which is where I first interned, yeah. uh, my supervisor had asked if I do this for the brand I was on. I was working on Essence Makeup at the time. Uh-huh. So it was specifically targeted at lifestyle, at teens, and at makeup. Uh, those were the three kind of categories that I was writing about. And each week I would... Oops, scour the internet basically for for what I deem to be like the most valuable articles in those spaces uh, and write a fun little write up about each of them that kind of summarized what was happening and I shared it with the team so that we could be up to date each week on what was what was happening in you know the makeup world Mm -hmm. Uh, from there it kind of budded into a passion of mine I I loved doing it Uh, I really let my voice shine through so I had a lot of fun writing them each week yeah Um, and so I decided to take it with me. I came back to Arizona and I started interning at Lavage, which is where I'm working now. Uh, and I asked my supervisor there if it was something that I could do. Uh, no longer a, a required project, just something I wanted to do on this side. Right. And so I started that uh, right at the beginning of my second semester of senior year. So it's been almost two years ago I started it at Lavage yeah. um, and just did it internally. At the time it was called Trends and Hot Takes because essentially what I do is I find yeah. what I think are the trendiest articles. So not just not just any news article. I'm not reporting on everything that's happening each week. I'm hand-selecting what I sure. think are the most valuable articles for you to know as someone in the industry so you can stay up to date on what's most important. Yeah. They're future-focused. They're not just, like I said, they're not just your news. They're really things that I think are going to be uh, valuable knowledge in the future that are going to blow up soon that might be big talking points that people in the the industry are talking about uh, and that's what I report on Mm -hmm. and so it started as that and the the hot takes part of it was the fact that I like to just put in my personal opinion on a lot of them and Mm -hmm. that's what makes it fun Uh, and also the reason I do that is because my main goal with it is to make you think about things in a different way And, and I want people to to think about it and I want people to disagree with me if they have a different opinion that's why I'm putting my opinion in it it's not it's not objective like I'm making it subjective on purpose because a lot of these things don't have an answer mm-hmm. and I want people to talk about them sure. and so that's my thought process behind making it a subjective piece is that I'm not just trying to tell you what I think is the the facts I'm trying to put in hey this is what I think about this what do you think about this mm-hmm. um, so a few months ago I believe it was November um I went in and I talked to Bob again. He's coming up here again. And I talked to him about turning it into a thing that I did outside of Lavage. I wanted to make sure that it was okay with the agency that I, you know, expanded it outside of just their walls. Uh, And I got the okay. And so I renamed it Madness, uh, emphasis on, you know, the spinoff of Mad Men and all Mm -hmm. of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Made a website and and now I send it out to the public, uh, www.madnesstrends.com if you want to sign up. Right. But each week I cover the stories. Uh, I put in a fun little article about um you know maybe my favorite ad of the week so there's like a fun element to it as well mm-hmm. uh and i try and do my best to cover what i think is the most important stuff that's going on at the time but yeah it's 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 very rewarding uh for me it keeps me on my a game you know because i'm constantly yeah. seeing what's coming down the pipeline i'm constantly learning about these new things that are happening uh, and also for all the teams that have that have seen it they love it because it also keeps them up to date on what's going on uh so i've gotten a really good feedback so far from from both agencies that i launched it at uh and i'm still trying to obviously build it outside of that space as well uh but it's just a it's just a little baby project right now maybe it'll turn into something bigger uh eventually but right now it's just something that i think is incredibly fun for me to do uh incredibly awesome for the teams that are listening to it and 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 just fun yeah exactly and i think uh 
First of all, I just subscribed myself. <laughs> and for those of you who are listening, it says you're welcome once you enter your email, <laughs> which I love. I am very grateful. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I'm curious then, you had said that you wanted to kind of establish some hot takes. I mean, what, mm-hmm. what is something that you've seen in the industry, um, the ad industry that's been talked about that you kind of felt like people are missing the mark or you brought up a point that you thought no one else was talking about? Like what's, what's, what was one of those big ones for you recently? <laughs> Gosh, I'm trying to remember. You're gonna make me think. I don't even know. I know we can't let you have it easy. You, you mm. come back, you get this. I've read so, I read so yeah, many of these. That I'm, here, I'll talk about. Here's a good one actually, because this is is my opinion, and this could be a little bit biased. So I think that's a good one to talk about as well. Yeah, yeah. Let's dig um, into these biases because it's my <laughs> personal bias, but yeah. I like it. I talked this past week about. Uh, how consumers can inflict change in the world. Uh, Specifically, the article I was referencing was about um, uh, fashion brands and how fashion brands have been struggling if they're not being environmentally friendly. Uh, And this used to just be a footnote, you know, some agencies would be, or some, excuse me, some brands would be like, oh, we recycle some of our clothing or or whatever it may be. And people are like, cool, that's cool. Like maybe I'll buy, Maybe I'll buy your stuff. Maybe I won't. Um, but that, what used to be that footnote is now turned into something that's making or breaking uh, these brands. A lot of consumers will not even purchase from brands that are unethically sourcing their materials. Or yeah. Burberry got in some trouble for burning some of their unused mm-hmm. products because mm-hmm. they were trying to keep stuff yeah. exclusive. Also burning their logo. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and burning that's their logo. True. <laughs> but, uh, it's for those really who don't know, being, they replaced it and it's, it's not the best. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty bad. This, this new trend is really being driven by younger right. consumers, by millennials and by uh, Gen Z consumers who are really looking for purpose in their in the brands that they're following and also starting to get worried about the world they're going to live in in the yeah. next hundred years, yeah. you know? Uh, and so I touched on the fact that a lot of people call the generation lazy, uh, especially millennials, not as much Gen Z, but yeah. there's a lot of bad press I think that millennials get. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, they're one of the, they're one of the generations that's kind of pushing the entire world forward and changing how entire industries operate because they're deciding that they're not going to give their money to these companies that aren't supporting the environment. And that's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you des- you definitely need to, as an advertising agency or as a brand need to be looking at and, and understanding yeah. that now in today's world, consumers are not going to buy your product if they don't believe in what you're doing for the environment, if they don't believe in what mm-hmm. you're doing for X, Y, or Z. You know what I mean? And that's something that I think is is very powerful and is being, is being spearheaded by by students and by yeah. the younger generations. And so this last week, I really touched on the fact that I thought that these younger generations were making some great pro- progress in the world, uh, despite what a lot of people are saying about mm-hmm. them. I, yeah, no, I, think, I think that's totally true. And I mean, it's like, I think even recently, like uh, about a week or two ago, uh, I believe it was Kraft had to yes, knock, knock about a quarter of the valuation off of Oscar Mayer and Heinz. Oh, that too. Uh, yes. And that's strictly because consumers are moving to healthier brands. Yes. You know, ketchup has a bunch of sugar. Oscar Mayer, you know, deli meats aren't like, yeah. aren't really in right now. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> they're not beloved by millennials. And I mean, you see that? I think, I think it's totally true to see this generation is now really starting to make an impact with their wallets. Mm-hmm. And that's where yeah. things are 
starting to really change mm-hmm. the marketplace. And I thought you were going to a different craft example, okay, too. For, what were you thinking of? Because that was wild. I remember seeing that on my phone while I was mm-hmm. in Target shopping. I was like, damn. And then I looked to see if I had any craft in my cart, and I was like, oh, that explains it. <laughs> um, but no, apparently, I think it was in D.C. I, my, the details on this are fuzzy, so go look it up yourselves. But uh, essentially, with all the um, crazy weather that was going on out east, apparently craft was setting up and donating tons of free food and supplies to like shelters to get people fed and just mm-hmm. at no cost and then was encouraging other brands too to also donate food so i think they partnered with some grocery chains and some other like cpg brands to like get like all these people that were displaced or affected by all the weather issues uh, to mm-hmm. get stuff too That's and awesome. so i thought that that was awesome too exactly and actually showing them trying to <laughs> i wrote about that one too did you yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. trying yeah. to like move towards you know mm-hmm. being more ethically conscious yeah and i think like zach you touched on it and it just shows that I think more than ever people use their brands to not only express themselves but to express how they want like change to happen and I think brands that can truly understand who their consumers are and what what they want what would empower them what causes they're invested in and find a way to champion those and like lift up their consumers to help them advocate for themselves and for their causes they're interested in I think that that's where brands will have the biggest impact at least for the time being we'll see if that changes again if it's just a phase but it seems like at this point it's just continuing at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, so yeah mm-hmm. um, now I think Zach kind of wrapping up here a couple last minute questions for you uh, we have seen I'm just going to throw you all these tough questions <laughs> we have seen Lee Clow retire which mm-hmm. for those who don't know Lee Clow is just an advertising icon um, <laughs> love him and uh, he retired recently and then we found out today that Jeff Goodby and uh, Rich Silverstein are getting the like Can Lion Lifetime Achievement St. Mark Award um, this summer uh, so we've had a lot of interesting creative people just kind of start to you know, retire or get rewarded for the lifetime achievement. I mean, who is like a creative, whether it's a writer, art director, who's someone that you really look up to in the industry um, and has kind of like guided you in their work? Can I choose an agency? Absolutely. Uh, Mm -hmm. David. Yeah. David, I think has done an amazing job. Yeah, David in Miami um, has done an amazing job of really finding how to make ideas that resonate uh, with a pretty small staff. There's they're a forty six person agency. They're under fifty people yeah. and they made three Super Bowl spots this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like that's unbelievable. <laughs> Granted, they do have access to a really a really large network because they're part of the Ogilvy network. Sure. But just continuously, time after time after time, they're proving that they can make some really great work that's quite inventive. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and, and they don't have, like, you know, the biggest staff and they don't have, mm-hmm. you know, the best of the best creative in the world in terms of, uh, like, their hiring potential because they're so small. Yeah. But they're still making some of the best work that I think is is out right now. So I really tip my hat off to them as well just for the fact that they, they're innovating yep. uh, and they're doing it the right way. And they're proving that you don't necessarily need a million people to come up with a good idea. As long as you are fostering an environment where creativity can happen, um, you can obviously do amazing amazing things so yeah. i'd say if i were to if i were to look in one direction right now as to someone who i think is doing it right mm-hmm. uh it would be david miami yeah i think that's a great example and for those listening at if you've seen a really cool burger king ad recently it was realistically <laughs> david and a bunch of other uh, shit too I mean, exactly yeah um well i guess to wrap things up 
you were a student. We've talked about this a little bit, but um, what is your advice for students that are graduating and looking to get a job in advertising? And then to follow that up, what's something you wish you uh, you knew uh, that you know now? Please help us. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. um, we're there. Yes. We're living it. Yes. <laughs> While recording. I think the we're thing that lot. ended up helping me in the end was that at some point mm-hmm. you just have to commit yep you have, you just have to commit to one and and mm-hmm. and not worry about the what could have been mm-hmm. not worry about it might get better it might be worse whatever you just have to commit to to what you want to do um reason I say that is because I remember when I was a student that I was, you know, in the position where one internship application was due this week and then one was due a month from now. And it's like, but what if I like the one that's due a month from now more than I like the one that I'm applying for now? And what if I get this one and I have to say yes before I even hear back from them and all of that, yeah. you know, all of that just juggling act of figuring out what you want to do and right. where do I want to go? Do I want to stay here? Do I want to go to LA? Do I want to go to New York? What position do I want to have? Should I take a position that's not necessarily exactly what I want to do if it's at the agency I want to be at so many questions uh and it's so hard to to figure out an answer but the second that you just find one mm-hmm. maybe it isn't your dream position right away but if you just find that thing that you're happy with and just put everything into it you're gonna be happy you know and and that's something that i found especially being here at lavage is the fact that i i did want to move out of the state and i still do want to move out of the state but i was dreading the fact that i couldn't find anything in a different part of the united states i thought for sure that i was a failure because i you know was taking a job here based on my close-mindedness i think to the the potential that you can have anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and and now that I'm in the position I'm in, and I've gotten the the opportunity to do some of these amazing amazing things, I'm realizing that as a junior right now, I'm doing stuff that I would never get to do at one of those bigger agencies. Sure. And I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm overseeing complete projects. I'm writing and choosing the talent and directing the the radio commercials or whatever whatever it may be. My what I'm like I'm completely in charge of some of the accounts. There's no other writer working on them. So all of my work is getting produced. Uh, yeah, and, and that's awesome. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's something that if I went to one of these other places, I might not get right away. Yeah. And I realized that if you just commit, you can do that, that incredible work, that great stuff, wherever you are. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes what you think is going to be not your best opportunity turns into your best opportunity for the time being. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I guess hopefully that's hopeful in the fact oh, yeah. that wherever you end up, as long as you commit to it, um, it can always be a stepping stone. And I would say never, never stay at somewhere where you're not learning, but as long as you're learning something, there's nothing wrong with the place you're at. Love it. Yeah. I think honestly too, uh, that just, there's, there's so much I feel like that I've seen just from like small agencies, big agencies. And it's like, you really have to find that environment that you're able to grow and that you're able to be supported and you're able to have that team that allows you to express yourself and do, do the work that's going to get you noticed, you know, because no matter how big the agency is or the name, you know, if your work isn't getting put out there, then, you know, how are you going to get known? How are you going to get noticed? Yeah. And I think I've, I've heard it echoed from a few people that have worked at, uh, you know, some of the bigger agencies is sometimes the junior people at those places don't, mm-hmm. don't enjoy it quite as much. And so I think there's a lot yeah. to that, that good work can come from anywhere, whether it's yeah. David, whether it's wherever. You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, Dave, I think exactly. Dave's a super great example. Small They're shop. tiny. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? They're exactly. 46 people. They're not yeah. huge. Yeah. Uh, and they had three ads in the Super Bowl again, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I think final sign off for me, um, <laughs> 
it's something that I, you know, juggled with. Uh, but now I think I'm pretty certain in the fact that I understand it better. Um, we're working to live. We're not living to work. And so having that balance in your life, uh, recognizing that a job is just one element of what you're doing and one element of, of your life and not necessarily the most important element, uh, Mm -hmm. is really valuable. And once you recognize that, I think it takes a huge load off of your shoulders uh, and you get to actually live instead of just worrying about where you're going to be. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) We at Sal are an optimistic bunch. Exactly. Oh, we are. So they're at Halo Top, they're an optimistic bunch too, apparently. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Except at Sal, we complain about not getting croutons, and (laughs) at Halo Top, we complain about not having a job. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you for coming on, Zach. Um, For those of you listening, this is likely the last episode, like I said, for now. Um, we have a couple more interviews floating in the air. Potentially we'll get some out there for you, uh, before we, uh, ship off for the summer, but, uh, we are looking to continue this going forward. Um, so Cole and I are still wanting to stick with it and we may even be having Zach come back on, uh, whether it's <laughs> full time or as a guest, whatever he's able to do. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we look That's forward fun. to that and yeah. just want to say, uh, you know, go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram. That's where we're going to be kind of posting updates from here on out at uh, salad underscore podcast. And uh, if you're on ASU, keep an eye out for some nifty little ads that you're going to be seeing around campus now. And if you're from another school and you saw our, uh, our social media ads, I hope you enjoyed them and mm-hmm. obviously it got you here. So give us a share. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> give us a share and give us a follow. Mm-hmm. And also uh, just feel free to subscribe to us, uh, whether you're listening on Spotify, Podbean, Apple mm-hmm. Podcasts, Overcast, Anchor, all the crazy things are on now. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Trent uh, Teixeira and Cole DeMert are our full names and we are looking for jobs <laughs> we are yeah we are we are out in the world if, if you, you like may have this, seen us if you like this uh just feel free to give us a call yeah there you go you know the number there is no phone there is no phone but, but, but there's an email just the instagram page instagram there we go page is the best way to there go. we go and last but not least www.madnesstrends.com yes. please yes. sign up and you're welcome mm-hmm. absolutely um yeah, so just want to sign off here. Uh, you know, good night from Tempe, everyone. Thank you again for listening, as always. And we've uh, we're excited to bring a lot in store to you in the next couple of months. Awesome. This is usually where you guys sign off too. Oh. <laughs> Have an fantastic week, everybody. And from Zach. <laughs> sign up for Madison. No, <laughs> bye, guys. Thank you. <laughs>